Hello, and welcome to Reiki Women Podcast. My name is Carrie Varela, and I'm joined here today with Michaela Daystar and Robin Logan. And today we're going to be discussing what I think is a very interesting and timely topic. Um, the time of our recording is March 2022, and it marks the 100th year of Reiki, of Yusui Reiki. And so now on the precipice of another 100 years of Reiki, I think it's a really important time to be mindful and uh, look towards the development of Reiki over the last 100 years. And then also um, kind of extrapolate that out into the future and visualize uh, the future growth of Reiki as a practice, uh, both for practitioners and people who are um, receiving Reiki as a practice and for our own development as Reiki practitioners. Um, so today our topic um, is about what forms of support we felt were most helpful to us on our journey as Reiki practitioners and use that as a really timely container to look at the 100 years of Reiki and talk about our own progress as Reiki practitioners um, and share some of our stories but also be mindful of the future of Reiki and how it might look for other practitioners out there. So Michaela, would you like to start about your development of your Reiki practice and what forms of support have been most meaningful to you? Yeah, um, yeah, I love this topic and the connection with uh, this moment where we're kind of turning over into this next centennial uh, in the history of Reiki. And so I, you know, in this moment, I think back to, you know, what are the forms of support that Usui might've had and how does that relate to today? And for me, it kind of comes in three, um, separate, but interrelated categories. You know, one, what are the like spiritual supports that, that we each have that he would have had? Um, what are the cultural supports, the kind of cultural societal context that, that support, um, a, a body of work, you know, being developed and coming out into the world. And then what are the personal supports, right. In our individual life. Um, and so, you know, I don't know the answers to those questions for Usui, but at least on the cultural level, I know that he was supported by, you know, centuries in some case, thousands of years and others of tradition, um, you know, the Shinto practices and the esoteric Buddhist practices that, are the foundation for the system that uh, he developed would have been a tremendous support in his personal life and in um, in the development of Reiki. And so, you know, for me, I've really um, cultivated those forms of support as well as much as I can as an American woman. Um, and it's been incredibly nourishing to to learn more about the cultural, spiritual, historic roots of Reiki. And then to, to lay that alongside my own. And so I, I've just found so much support and so much joy in finding the commonalities between, for example, the nature-based Shinto lineage and the nature-based Celtic lineage. That's my own, you know, the, the lineage that, that I'm descended from. Um, finding those points of reference, those points of intersection, uh, the places where those traditions are different, but also extremely complementary. Uh, just feels very supportive to me in my practice. And it's become um, a really important lens through which I teach and share the system of Reiki, um, as well as my own personal practice. Um, so that, that's kind of where I wanted to start, you know, in this kind of initial part of this conversation is like, what's the, what's the context of support that we build a practice inside of? What does the culture provide to us? What does our own lineage provide to us? Um, 
as and and laying that alongside the lineages that we've taken up uh, as Reiki practitioners. Um, so I'll just start there and uh, then maybe circle back to the question of personal support in a moment. Yeah, I really like that, Michaela. That's really beautiful. You know, that idea of having these, just looking at the different canisters that we put ourselves, we can we could put ourselves into to, to look at that through. So if I were to look at that spiritual, cultural and personal, thinking about cultural, I guess, uh, it, it, as you were, um, it's it's interesting, isn't it? That I, well, I think there's been a lot of change in our society, especially since even when I began the system of Reiki to what's happening today. So if I look at uh, when I first started, say, I, well, when I first started, I was in Asia, but then when I came to Australia. There, there wasn't a lot happening here as far as, as as Reiki went, but what was here was sort of done in the guise of like a secret thing. So culturally it, it was this thing that you we couldn't know about and we could only learn in a it had a whole lot of mysticism about it and um, which of course is attractive you know in many ways because it's like oh I want to find out about that you know sort of feeling but it doesn't uh, give much of a sense of, um, where do we find the truths, you know, when we talk about that and because it is held then by a teacher or whatever and, that you know, that, that's sort of contained and controlled and, and the students are very much at the whim of the teacher. So culturally, um, I think I sort of rebelled against that actually initially and really wanted people to talk about what the system of Reiki was and uh, that was... Luckily, it was when the internet was just starting off, you know, in the early uh, 2000s. Yeah. And, you know, as I mean, of course, it had been around longer, but, you know, just that everyone was really starting to get into connecting through the internet. And that be, that thing of being able to connect and talk to other people uh, was a great support uh, in developing my own personal practice uh, and what I wanted to teach and as well, you know, so being able to talk to people and not having this sort of thing of like, oh no, that's unspeakable, that's a mystery and, you know. So uh, getting out there, finding out about things, going to Japan, finding out about things, really getting into the grit of it and and having a sense of, of, of a full system with a whole history. And, and I know um, what you were talking about, Carrie, you know, that it's 100 years. I mean, even, you know, that that is obviously a debatable fact. I, I know it's nice. I do agree that it's nice to put it into, it's a nice framing and it's a nice framing for people to feel like, oh, I'm practising something that has been around since blah, blah, yep. Yeah. But we do know that, you know, Usui was practising prior to 1922, but we don't really know what, I mean, look, there's a lot of hearsay about that, you know, what he exactly he was practising and how he was practising, um, but we know that it was formalised around 1922. So that, I guess, is a good uh, indicator for us to say 100 years, um, looking back, you know, what, how far have we come, where have we come from, and, and hopefully, you know, where, where we will be going to. Bronwyn, it makes so much sense coming from that rebelling against the secrecy that you went on to 
write books, sharing that history and that lineage and inspiring this podcast where we're sharing, talking about it. I love that. Yeah. We're also grateful that we can kind of step out of the closet, the Reiki closet and (laughs) to the light and really like it start to um, piece together what Reiki really is and have meaningful discussions and share it, not just within our own personal journey, but uh, with each other and have that shared cultural context uh, with which to, to, to explore the practice of Reiki with each other. And I think a lot of people have, you know, taken that obviously further today. You know, I know, Carrie, you were talking about uh, who's Justin Stein the other day. And, you know, it is there's a lot of people who have gone into uh, really, you know, going even, you know, a lot further. But it, it was, it, it, which is great, you know, and I think that's just that part of that process. And maybe, you know, when we talk about the future, I guess we'll, we'll discuss that a little more. But, uh, yeah, it's a nice thing to to get things it's nice to get things in the light and then we can see what we're doing sure well I think uh, my journey to Reiki was um you know it's my own and it's unique but um I didn't feel like I had a whole lot of support um in the process of becoming a Reiki practitioner or exploring my own connection to Reiki and what that could look like and maybe having more of a roadmap for um the, the transition between like just studying Reiki because I was interested in it to becoming, you know, moving on behind, beyond studentship of Reiki into, um, you know, how do I bring it into my life? And then from there, bringing it on even further on as a practitioner. Um, I felt very intuitively called to Reiki. Like I do, um, like in my heart, feel like Reiki called to me and, you know, invited me to step in as in a a form of leadership and to become a Reiki practitioner. Um, But that the actual the unfolding of that was incredibly intense. Um, And it was a deeply spiritual process that I don't think I had a whole lot of support with. And in fact, a lot of it was like, I just kind of closed the door to my apartment and spent months uh, healing myself using Reiki as a tool. And um, in many ways, like felt very disconnected from friends and family during um, a really painful uh, period of time in my life. And really what came out of that and what emerged from that is this, this precious connection between me and Reiki. The forms of support that were most meaningful for me in that time were familial support and the support of my family and that they just had my back unconditionally and you know, held me and supported me in a really tumultuous, like emotional and spiritual time uh, was deeply meaningful to me. And after I was able to like really step back in to um, my life again, after going through such an intense um, healing experience, I, I also really leaned into the support of both Reiki, a daily Reiki practice and a movement therapy. So I found that like yoga was just so helpful for me to ground my energy, to find my body, connect to my body and help with my own mental state. And um, really from that, after I started to become a Reiki practitioner, it, it was a whole period of time that it took me to become a Reiki practitioner. But like I said, I felt this deep calling in my soul to, to become that. And um, then I started to really receive a lot of more support from my clients as well. So they're, um, 
deeply personal and uh, meaningful connection to Reiki and the healing that they received through treatments and sessions really kept me going. And I realized like how, how important that Reiki connection was for me in my own um, journey and in my own healing. And that I was able to provide that to others was just like really, really powerful for me. Um, and so I think for maybe I would say about like the first seven years of me being a practitioner, I don't, I don't really feel like a whole lot of societal support, <laughs> I should say about around being a Reiki practitioner, not at all. Um, and I really, in that time, leaned into my own intuition. Of course, I leaned into Reiki and, um, and my clients, of course, as well. But then also uh, throughout my journey, my family very much supported me. And at one point, my, um, my dad paid for me to study Reiki from a new teacher. And that was also incredibly meaningful for me. Um, and to be able to lean into a teacher who knew what he was talking about <laughs> and could like shed some of the mysticism of Reiki for me um, and provide me some more factual information based uh, or more factual information about Reiki was, um, yeah, just incredibly powerful for me. And it just rooted in a greater sense of confidence um, in my own growth. And so I think that, that the importance of finding the right teacher is like so pivotal uh, for anybody on the Reiki journey and finding a teacher that really you resonate with, um, but also can um, be some a resource that you can lean into for whether it be for information or for um, sharing healing or continuing study of Reiki. I think all of those things have been really meaningful to me. and. Um, lately, I think in the last few years, it just seems like there's been really a, a, a beautiful outgrowth of community within Reiki practitioners, which is something that I didn't really experience for the majority of like, maybe let's say the first seven to eight years of me working as a Reiki practitioner. And so I think community is also a really meaningful form of support. And it's so important to talk with like-minded individuals or people who are on the same journey as on the same path as you and who have dealt with, you know, similar obstacles and challenges. Um, I think for me, for a long period of time, I felt really isolated with my problems. There wasn't a whole lot of people I could share them with or who could understand my, my journey as much as they understood their own. And so I think community is just that huge form of support that um, I hope that more Reiki practitioners and more Reiki, Reiki women can lean into community as one way of being true to their way and following their calling um, as it pertains to Reiki. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as I'm listening to you, Carrie, and thinking about Bronwyn, what you just shared, I, I was thinking like, where, what, what piece of like my personal, that personal support do I want to share about? Um, and Bronwyn, when you talked about like coming out of the closet as a Reiki person, right? Like being bold to like be that in public, um, you know, declare that that's what we are. Um, and then Carrie, as you were talking about that transition between like the period of time when your Reiki practice was for yourself, for your own process, your own healing development, and then kind of that transition to, okay, now I want to take this out into the world, make this more part of what I, you know, what I do and what I am, um, 
and helped me kind of figure out where I wanted to land, which is really in that same space of that transition from that personal work where I did have a really you know, teacher I connected with strongly who had built a really strong community around the Reiki practice. And that was like, it felt easy, right? Which was good because that was a period where nothing in my life felt easy. And so it felt very easy to step into that community and to choose it. But turning to wanting to do Reiki, um, you know, more as an expression of my vocation um, and how I was going to make a living and how I was going to share with the world and contribute, um, there was this whole other, like there was confusion for me about that, about where the support was going to come from. And did that mean that I was going to need to step away from communities that had been important to me? to be in this Reiki community, right? It felt like there was this division between, you know, my former community and where I maybe was going. And I shared in our last conversation about leadership that, you know, where, where that community had been was in the realm of higher education, social justice development. You know, I had a vast network of people and organizations kind of in those realms, having worked there for so long. And, I, I didn't want to turn away from that, right? But I felt this conflict between that world and this other world that I was being pulled to. And the conflict in a certain sense felt artificial. It felt like it shouldn't they shouldn't have to be separate and yet it felt like it was. And so when I think about what was the support that a, like helped me transition eventually to where I'm you know, more and more living now, not perfectly, but more and more I'm living in this space of those worlds coming together. Um, it's required me to, you know, do as you said, Brahman, like name who and what I am, but not just in the places where that feels safe, not just in the places where people are all choosing to be Reiki practitioners or, you know, be in that world, but choosing to say, this is who I am. This is my contribution. This is what I have to offer in social justice spaces, in higher education spaces, in nonprofit spaces. And that felt impossible for a really long time. And so like, when I think about what's the support that's helped me get there, there's a particular moment that is just so important in my personal history with this. And that was in graduate school where I had, I knew I needed to go to grad school and I had this choice to make. It was right in this time period where I was starting to think about Reiki as something I wanted to do. And I was like, do I go to school? to further the social justice education and higher ed, you know, work that I've been doing, or do I go and do I just pivot entirely and do like arts and consciousness or, you know, something that would be more aligned with being a Reiki practitioner and, and various other modalities that I, that I work in. And I chose what felt like the safer route, like stay, you know, go, go to a school where you already have connections, where they're already trying to recruit you to do the work that you've been doing for all of this time. That, that matters, right. That was meaningful to me. And it felt like this, you know, fork on the road, like I'm going to make this choice, which means I'm turning away from this choice, which felt really painful. And I remember sitting in one of my first seminars with this small cohort of people that I went through grad school with and kind of just voicing this conflict, this feeling of like having to choose and not feeling supported to be myself in either realm. Right. It was like in either one of these spaces, I can't be my true self. I can't be true to my way and my being in either of these spaces because I have to choose. And I didn't have that language for it at the time, but that was what I was trying to articulate. And I'm, you know, in this room of people who are studying to be, you know, who are, who are devoting their careers and already have for a long time to furthering social justice leadership in the world and all of these different areas. 
you know, who are very much about the doing of that work, the very much about the like making change in the world in different, you know, different types of um, areas of society. And it felt very vulnerable to say like, I just, I feel like I meant to just like work with people's inner spaces and like do this spiritual work and this like healing work. And, you know, but I don't want to, I don't want to turn away from this important work that, you know, we're all doing here. And they, there's this like silence that came into the room and they said, you know, one person in particular said, why do you think those are two different things? Why do you think you have to choose? Like, don't you think we need, you know, spiritual healing support to do this work? Like how many of us are out there just like wrecked in our spirit and our minds and our hearts, because we don't have that kind of support, right? Like, no, we don't need you to go leave social justice spaces and go take this work to some, you know, little enclave over here of people who already know about that stuff. Like we need you to be bold and bring this here. And it was like, it, it, it was, I didn't put the word support on it at the time, but in this conversation, it's like, that was the support that I needed to, to be true to my way and my being as I walked this path and to like break this, this dualistic mindset that I had been in, that I had to be one or the other, and that it wasn't safe or right or appropriate to be both at the same time. And really, I was just afraid you know, I was afraid of being looked at as being a weirdo and like, you know, being, being woo woo and being all these things that, you know, there was, you know, critiques about in spaces that I was in. And I just, I really needed uh, somebody who I respected. Right. And the woman who said this to me is a, she was a, a former police officer, very well known in, you know, areas around um, sex trafficking uh, work and like, is now just hugely well-known in a, in a wide range of areas. I like, I have so much respect for this woman. Um, she's like the kind of person that I always wished I could be, but like, am not. You know? And she's like, I need you to do this work. Right. I need you to. And so, and then she backed that up, you know, after we graduated, she hired me to coach her for six months. Right. As she was making her own transition out of police work and into other types of work. And so that, that form of support of not just acknowledging, right, we need you to figure out how to bring these things together. It is not right to be separating those things, right? <laughs> figure it out. And then to back that up by hiring me, right? Like saying, hey, I, I do actually need you to come and do this with me um, was just a huge form of support. And ever since then, there've been these moments and there've been these people and organizations that have named that, that have said, hey, come do that with us, right? Whatever that is that you're doing, I don't exactly understand it, but I think we need it. So how can we work together? And, you know, it's brought me to a place now where I'm feeling much more bold to be the one who like puts it out there, not just wait for the pe those people to come to me, but to say, hey, this is something that's valuable in spaces where people are doing really, really difficult doing work, right? Like let's tend to your being, right? In some ways that maybe feel a little different than what is normally done in these spaces, but that are valuable. Um, so I just wanted to name that support and just, you know, name that sometimes the value of just affirming what you see in somebody else and the value that you see in what they're trying to do can absolutely change their life. Cause that's what, that's what that group of people did for me. Yeah. 
No, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And actually, you know, I think that a lot of people that you talk to who practice the system of Reiki feel quite um, shy or whatever it is to, to say to people, you know, this is what I do. And I think that, you know, often in classes, it's the discussion that we have. How do you, um, maybe we should keep that for another discussion because it's a really good one too, you know. How do you talk about what you do and how do you do it from a place of, of feeling confident and uh, being able to bring across the ideas of, 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 of the practice in an easy way, yeah? It's a huge question. It's one that I've you know talked about in a lot of spaces. Yeah, how do you talk about this kind of work in spaces where people aren't already bought in and feel really strong and centered in that? You know, I often joke that like half of my job is being weird in public. And like, you know, and a lot of that is like, you know, finding those through lines, those points of connection between what I know Reiki to be and what the other person values, right? What's important. That's to them. right. I think it's different with everybody you talk to, but I think um, looking at, uh, for example, the growth of meditation, just that term or mindfulness, you know, so there's terminologies that that have definitely evolved since I've uh, been practicing and that have become much, much more accepted. I mean, even Carrie, if you look at yoga, you know, there was a time where yoga, I remember seeing um, there's an old um, faulty, do you know the TV show Faulty Towers? It's a British uh -huh. show. Anyway, oh, God, guys. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm showing my age here, but we're just uncultured. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, it's an old um, TV show, British show with John Cleese in it. And it must be, oh, God, I don't even know. It's probably from the 70s, something like that, and uh, or maybe late 70s. And, you know, they have this Australian woman who comes in and she's a yoga teacher and just the whole, you know, cliche of what that is. And I always think that's when I think of, like, what people used to think yoga teachers are. That's what I always think of, right? And you know, so it, and that 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 has changed. And now I think like ninety percent of students are, are yoga teachers, you know, who do who practice the system of Reiki. So you know, it's there's there's a lot of commonality between these things. But there's a you know, yoga is in all its different styles and and varieties. You know, that there's something there for everyone, sort of thing incredibly popular so if we see the growth of these things I think that's a support for the system of Reiki itself as well because there is as you've both said like this interconnection between different practices and 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 what how how we imagine how people in society our culture imagines these things to be so the system of Reiki is more accepted than it would have been 20 years ago, um, but, um, I, you know, it still has a long way to go and we were going to talk about the future at some point. But uh, just coming back to that, I was thinking about what was a spiritual support for me and I would say that that would be the actual experiences themselves, which is sort of what you were saying, Michaela, I think as well, that, you know, that, <clears throat> you know, how we, what we're going through and also Carrie you were saying that when you know you, at the beginning you know you just put yourself away you know and and experienced it you know that, that experiences that we have are the things that 
um, keep us going. And I know that every time that uh, I do a treatment, for example, you know, I love that joy of, of that. And it is it, the, the moment of beginning is always this brings me into this thing of I'm with someone here, we're sharing this space. You know, that sort of thing is just, I find that a wonderful experience and um, very encouraging and uh, a, a, a very big reminder about, uh, you know, where where the system of Reiki could, could take me. And uh, I think it's different, you know, being with others as well than being on your own. So self-practice is a different type of practice, and that's something that requires a commitment and, um, you know, it's something that, that I think is this personal challenge for me anyway, that, that is ongoing and, um, you know, sticking with it, not sticking with it, sticking with it, you know, those sorts of things. Um, so uh, being with others, I, I find is often a great encouragement and something that really keeps me, keeps me going spiritually um, and, and it's really nourishing. And yeah. I love what you're speaking to is just like this, um, feeling of being supported by Reiki to do Reiki, <laughs> you yeah. know, and I, I had that same experience today. I worked with three different clients and I was just, you know, it's, it's always so interesting is one of the challenges I think about being a Reiki practitioner is, is that there's this really general sense that Reiki can help with anything and everything. Right. And that is in some ways nice, but as a practitioner, it's actually quite challenging because you don't depend develop any expertise in a certain area so like if you were a therapist for example you might develop a certain expertise working with children or sexual abuse or you know you you, you know you create a whole um, amount of pro professional um, etiquette around a certain topic and um, within Reiki I think that that's somewhat challenging although that's one thing that I would look forward for the future of Reiki is that Reiki practitioners um, get more uh, of a meaningful understanding of their scope of practice and who they want to work with and why and really develop more skills to help people with certain issues in their life. Um, but nevertheless, but coming back to it, it was just like, you know, I have these, you know, three totally diverse clients. I have never met them, some of them before. And yet when I step into that space within Reiki, it's actually, I'm spiritually ready to, to work with them. And that's because I've checked in with myself and my intuition has guided me. And I've had some insights throughout the day or through the week that made me feel very prepared to, to support them in that moment. And so I, I don't know, it's just something that's really, it's, it's, it feels a little bit sometimes unsettling because it's working directly so much with Reiki. And I think that's unique to a lot of other different uh, healing modalities. Um, but nevertheless, like that, that, that support feels very palpable. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think on a personal level, I, I think you talked about, you know, your family supporting you, um, Carrie, um, you know, I, I don't know. The, it, it is a difficult one, I think, on a personal level for people. I think that's wonderful that your family support you. I notice a lot of people talk to me about, you know, when they're like someone who might do a class and they'll say, oh, my partner doesn't want me to be here or doesn't understand or, you know, that sort of thing. I think that can be incredibly 
difficult, obviously, um, especially because of that thing that I was saying before about, you know, the system of Reiki still isn't there as, as a, a, a popular modality in the sense that it's something that people just think, oh, I'm going to go and do this. I think, you know, there's a certain niche still of people that, that are attracted to it. Um, so it is a little bit different. But for myself personally, well, when I first started, you know, I started with my my then husband. So that was a really lovely thing, you know, to have that because you have um, two people doing the same thing. And uh, I always thought that was really special. And whenever you have, whenever I have like partners in classes or things like that, I, I think, oh, you know, you guys are so lucky because you're both sort of starting from the zero point together in, in a learning thing, something that you can learn and grow together with. Yeah. And uh, something like this, which is then, you know, covers so many aspects of your life and, and growth. That's a, that's a really beautiful thing. Um, yeah. I mean, as an individual though, you know, I think, I don't know, I've, I guess I've always felt still quite, hmm, I, I felt quite alone. I'm, you know, in, in, in many ways with, with the system of Reiki and, and moving forward as a person, you know, running their own business. Um, and I'm sure you have all feel that in your own ways. Um, you know, that when you, you know, I, I, I'm, I do, uh, you know, I work for myself now. So, you know, that there isn't another person there to bounce those things off. And I think for me, I'm a much more we person than an I person. So I, I, yeah, but, you know, I, I would like a we, you know, in that sense, it's, it's beautiful to be able to talk about things. And that's why it's lovely to do something like this. Um, it's lovely to be able to share things to, you know, and, and yeah, I, I, I miss that. And I, I think that is something, that type of support is something that uh, I think is really special if you can have that, sort of that close um, yeah. support uh, business-wise. Yeah, but I don't really, I don't really have that. And, I, I, you know, I guess then, you know, we need to look to other areas to find that. Mm. Yeah, I really want to affirm that um, in a couple of different ways. You know, I have a co-teacher um, and he and I were, you know, life partners for seven years and uh, got into teaching Reiki um, together. Uh, we each had our personal, you know, self-practice um, prior to that. But uh, when we stepped into teaching, it was as a team. And there, yeah, there was something amazing about having a partner in the work, right? Whether they're, you know, whatever type of partner they might be in other areas of life, you know, to have a teaching partner. And I would just, you know, for people thinking about moving into um, teaching Reiki in particular, or who are doing so alone to really consider whether um, there's folks in your life that you can collaborate with to co-teach. Um, because it's been hugely supportive to have that other person, um, not just to share the work of developing curriculum and you know doing the actual teaching, um, but the the spiritual support of having somebody who understands, who's like at the same place, you know, working mm. a similar pace with different interest areas. You know, he and I have very different personal practices and relationships with the system of Reiki, but there's tons and tons of overlap, and we've developed our curriculum together. 
And then just the logistical support of having another person, you know, in an intense class, right? Um, knowing that if I need to, you know, step out or if a student needs one-on-one -on -one support, that there's somebody else to, you know, yeah. keep the class moving, like just those types of logistics. And then the way in which it's um, allowed me to be more bold in how I think about it. So we're in a process right now, um, Joe and I, of transitioning from the weekend class model, which is very common, to um, an eight-week class model, and then also to creating a year-long program that kind of encapsulates all of the Reiki classes and special topics and one-on-one -on -one support. And I don't know if I would be just have the the energy and the bravery to make those changes and to create that larger container if I didn't, you know, know that there was somebody else there doing it with me, um, both for the creative support and the logistical support. Um, so I'll just say thank you to Joe, my co-teacher, um, mm. for, you know, really walking this journey with me and emboldening me, right. And supporting me and, and, stepping into this. And it's like, we're not business partners. Like he's not part of the business in that way. But when it comes to the teaching of this material and the cultivating it, not just as a business, but as a, as a lifestyle, as a way of life, um, you know, it's, it's been hugely impactful to have someone walking that path alongside. Oh, that's beautiful, Michaela. And you're yeah. very lucky in that sense yeah because I, that's what I was just thinking about you know this thing of um checking in um sorry Carrie I'm taking over your space no, but I was just thinking you know the checking in thing of having someone there to go hey you know what you just did that wasn't really appropriate or whatever you know because that's a that's a scary thing to say to someone or to have someone say to you right um uh, but to have that I think is incredibly important as as a teacher in a field like this and when you're on your own, I think it's very easy to, you know, think, oh, I'll just do this or uh, why don't I just, you know, and, and you start deviating and deviate, 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 deviate. And where do you end up? Right. So to bring it back, you know, and to really be, to have someone that you are, um, how do you say that? One of my trying, you know, I kind of get the word that you have to. Um, well, there's like an accountability piece. That accountability you're is the word. Yeah. 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 I mean, Joe and I have definitely checked each other, like, you know, and asked for it, you know, like, hey, when I did this in class or said this in class, did that feel off? Did that feel, you know, inappropriate or too much or, you know, whatever? Um, and, or, you know, hey, you know, I did, I, I think that the way that you took, took that particular, you know, moment in class, you know, really took us off track and, you know, let's talk about how to do that differently. You know, being able to have those, those accountability conversations is, is essential really? if you're going to work with somebody else and to have the risk, the mutual respect necessary to do that. Well, yeah. 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 I think it, it keeps you in integrity, right? It's like a form of integrity too, is to have somebody else there that you can't just go off on a tangent and start speaking to something that maybe is, I mean, you can, but, uh, hopefully can help kind of rein that in, but I totally resonate with what you were saying, Bronwyn too, is just that, you know, primarily working for myself and working one-to-one -one with individuals and, um, you know, running a business at the same time, it is very isolating there. And, um, you know, it's nice to have familial support, but I certainly like, don't talk to my dad about my marketing copy or, 
<laughs> or even my husband for that matter, because, you know, there's just only so much that, I mean, and sometimes I do let him in and, and ask for his advice and, um, and usually I get some really good advice, but a lot of times it's like, totally, no, change this, do it this way, like move it that way. And I'm like, no, I can't, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I just, I have to like, you know, be very careful who I let in and, and you know, offer me advice. Um, but that's why I say, I think it's so important for um, Reiki women and Reiki practitioners, uh, not to engender it, but it's for us to form collaborative systems of support. And if we could transition that into the, like the really the next part of the question is what forms of support do you feel like are most meaningful you for you going forward or maybe for the practice of Reiki going forward? I think working together and collaborating is an amazing way to you know take away some of the uh, isolation we feel as practitioners is um, and then to create accountability uh, to share the workload of what it might be to launch a program or um, a, a training. And, um, and then also you get that, that, the, that community support and a support for somebody who does a similar type of work. It has the de same depth of knowledge as you do more than likely, or a complementary uh, depth of knowledge. And um, I know for myself that, you know, like I, I think, and Michaela speaking to it as well, is that, um, Reiki is so broad and has so many different and um, interesting ways it can be applied, but it, it is so much about bringing us back into wholeness, right? So um, it's important when we look at our, especially our professional life to like not try, I think that Reiki has been the tool that helped me bring different aspects of my professional life together. I love nature and my master's degree in environmental science uh, and as well as my yoga teaching. And I think that there's respectful ways that they can we can bring these different aspects um, or, you know, different professional training together. There is probably some problematic ways that we bring it together as well. But um, for most people, I think on a Reiki path are multi-talented individuals. And I think of each of you as very multi-talented. <laughs> Ronwin with her like writing. And I mean, even though you've just been such a light in the Reiki community for so long, you know, you have, there's a deeper level to you than just Reiki. Um, and so that's what I, I encourage a lot of Reiki practitioners to do is to develop, you know, their calling. And it might look with, use different tools and, um, and ultimately, I mean, the big aha that I've had in the last, you know, maybe year or so is to develop my practice. And my practice is like all the tools that I have that I've developed over the years, I can use them in meaningful ways to support my clients and to support myself financially. Yeah. And that like they can be used and like, you know, um, I'm really grateful that I've, always, I've been a yoga teacher along with being a Reiki practitioner because um, in, in, in my path and my development, I, I probably couldn't have made a living solely as a Reiki practitioner. Like it's incredibly challenging, I think, to solely create a living as a Reiki practitioner. Um, it might be something that grows over time, but I think it's like a 10-year project ultimately. If I look back at my growth uh, through my career, I think it takes a lot of time to build um, that many connections with clients um, and, um, you know, have a, kind of a rolling Rolodex of uh, incoming students in my trainings. Um, so I feel really supported by having like 
different ways that I show up professionally, but they actually support each other. So yeah. there's ways I can really meaningfully support my yoga students, but I think that they also want that spiritual support. So there's these like one-to-one -one ways I can work with them as well. Um, and so that's my encouragement for those of us on the Reiki path is just to continue to develop your talents and create a scope of practice that feels really in alignment with your gifts. And um, yeah, I think that's a really powerful way to show up um, both personally and professionally for others. Yeah. Yeah. When I think about this question of, you know, what support would I encourage us to develop moving forward as we build this next, you know, cycle of, of Reiki history together collectively. Um, it's really reiterating things we've already named, right? So I really encourage us to get more clear and concise about how we communicate so that we can make those bridges across difference, right? So that we're not just speaking to a small collection of people who are already predisposed to want to do Reiki, mm -hmm. right? We want to build our, our fluency in other realms and really be able to articulate and understand where the practice of Reiki, um, where the lineages and the history of Reiki actually intersects really beautifully with a wide range of fields and a wide range of experiences that people are having. Um, and to be, you know, to be in our own practice enough that we can be bold in that, that we can kind of move aside whatever's in the way of us um, speaking directly to the, the contribution that we have. And that might look like, you know, as Kira, you were saying, um, developing more of a, of a focus, right? And to kind of shift away from this idea that, you know, my Reiki practice is for everybody and start thinking like, who specifically am I best suited to support in my Reiki practice? And to be clear about that, right? It might be birthing people, you know, people who are going through pregnancy, right? I, I spent a period of time really explicitly focusing on that realm. Like that is the person that I want to help. Um, you know, it might be people who are doing really intense work, like medical professionals who need more of this kind of support. So it's like finding, fine tuning those bridges between us as Reiki practitioners and the, the web of life and the web of culture that's around us and being really clear about why Reiki should be in those spaces, right? Um, and that might mean taking on language that feels a little different and, and, you know, really finding these points of commonality. For me, that often means getting much more pragmatic in my speech about Reiki. I tend to speak very esoterically, very metaphorically, right? And I always have to remind myself, why does this matter for my day-to-day -day life? What does this have to do with my client's day-to-day -day lived experience? Why does this even matter? Right. Why does all this esoteric stuff matter when it comes to them living their life better? Um, and those those kinds of grounding questions have really helped me to make these bridges. Um, so I really encourage us as a community to to do that work and refining our message about this and finding people inside of other spaces that are not Reiki spaces that are intrigued or that get it or that are predisposed to open up that space to us. Um, because we are needed there, right? But uh, those doors aren't going to necessarily open for us without that bridging work. Yeah. No, I think that's beautiful. Um, the idea that, you know, a lot of people have come from other professions before moving into the system of Reiki and using that, you know, that thing of everything coming together in your life and and not having these separate 
uh, you were talking about that, Michaela, earlier, yeah, but not having these like little separate boxes and just allowing the system of Reiki to flow into everything and to especially into the things that you have loved in your life and the things that that mean something to you and 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 let it let let it be there in in the best way that it possibly can and that might be as a coach or a teacher or a practitioner whatever it is but if you want to work in the system of Reiki there are so many possible ways of doing that absolutely yeah it's beautiful okay I think we might be wrapping it up for today. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. And I hope it spurs a lot of um, meaningful thoughts about uh, where you want to take Reiki in the next hundred years for all of our listeners and being a part of that movement. And um, until next time, bye. Love you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much.